Chapter Thirty Six of Tales of Laughter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Tales of Laughter by Nora Archibald Smith and Kate Douglas Wiggin. The Nose Tree. Did you ever hear the story of the three poor soldiers who, after having fought hard in the wars, set out on their road home, begging their way as they went? They had journeyed a long time, sick at heart with their bad luck at thus being turned loose on the world in their old days, when one evening they reached a deep, gloomy wood, through which lay their road night came fast upon them and they found that they must however unwilling sleep in the wood so to make all safe as they could it was agreed that two should lie down and sleep while a third sat up and watched lest wild beasts should break in and tear them to pieces when he was tired he was to wake one of the others and sleep his turn and so on with the third so as to share the work fairly among them the two who were to rest first soon lay down and fell fast asleep and the other made himself a good fire under the trees and sat down by its side to keep watch he had not sat long before all of a sudden up came a little dwarf in a red jacket who is there said he a friend said the soldier what sort of a friend an old broken soldier said the other with his two comrades who have nothing left to live on come sit down and warm yourself well my worthy fellow said the little man i will do what i can for you take this and show it to your comrades in the morning so he took out an old cloak and gave it to the soldier telling him that whenever he put it over his shoulders anything that he wished for would be done for him then the little man made him a bow and walked away the second soldier's turn to watch soon came and the first laid him down to sleep but the second man had not sat by himself long before up came the dwarf in the red jacket again the soldier treated him in as friendly a way as his comrade had done and the little man gave him a purse which he told him would be always full of gold let him draw as much as he would out of it then the third soldier's turn to watch came and he also had a little red jacket for his guest who gave him a wonderful horn that drew crowds around it whenever it was played and made everyone forget his business to come and dance to its beautiful music in the morning each told his story and showed the gift he had got from the elf and as they all liked one another very much and were old friends they agreed to travel together to see the world and for a while only to make use of the wonderful purse and thus they spent their time very joyously till at last they began to be tired of this roving life and thought they should like to have a home of their own 
so the first soldier put his old cloak on and wished for a fine castle in a moment it stood before their eyes fine gardens and green lawns spread around it and flocks of sheep and goats herds of oxen were grazing about and out of the gate came a grand coach with three dapple gray horses to meet them and bring them home all this was very well for a time but they found it would not do to stay at home always so they got together all their rich clothes and jewels and money and ordered their coach with three dapple gray horses and sent out on a journey to see a neighboring king now this king had only a daughter and as he saw the three soldiers traveling in such grand style he took them for king's sons and so gave him a kind welcome one day as the second soldier was walking with the princess she saw that he had the wonderful purse in his hand then she asked him what it was and he was foolish enough to tell her though indeed it did not much signify what he said for she was a fairy and knew all the wonderful things that the three soldiers had brought now this princess was very cunning and artful so she set to work and made a purse so like the soldiers that no one would know the one from the other and then she asked him to come and see her and made him drink some wine that she had got ready for him and which soon made him fall fast asleep then she felt in his pocket and took away the wonderful purse and left the one she had made in its place the next morning the soldiers set out home and soon after they reached their castle happening to want some money they went to their purse for it and found nothing indeed in it but to their great sorrow when they had emptied it none came in the place of what they took then the cheat was soon found out for the second soldier knew where he had been and how he had told the story to the princess and he guessed that she had played him a trick alas cried he poor wretches that we are what shall we do oh said the first soldier let no gray hairs grow for this mishap i will soon get the purse back so he threw his cloak across his shoulders and wished himself in the princess's chamber there he found her sitting alone telling up her gold that fell around her in a shower from the wonderful purse but the soldier stood looking at her too long for she turned around and the moment she saw him she started up and cried out with all her force thieves thieves so that the whole court came running in and tried to seize him the poor soldier now began to be dreadfully frightened in his turn and thought it was high time to make the best of his way off so without thinking of the ready way of travelling that his cloak gave him he ran to the window opened it and jumped out and unluckily in his haste his cloak caught and was left hanging to the great joy of the princess who knew its worth the poor soldier made the best of his way home to his comrades on foot and in a very downcast mood 
but the third soldier told him to keep up his heart and took his horn and blew a merry tune at the first blast a countless host of foot and horse came rushing to their aid and they set out to make war against their enemy the king's palace was at once besieged and he was told that he must give up the purse and cloak or that not one stone shall be left upon another so the king went into his daughter's chamber and talked with her but she said let me try first if i cannot beat them one way or another so she thought of a cunning scheme to overreach them and dressing herself out as a poor girl with a basket on her arm she set out by night with her maid and went into the enemy's camp as if she wanted to sell trinkets in the morning she began to ramble about singing ballads so beautifully that all the tents were left empty and the soldiers ran round in crowds and thought of nothing but hearing her sing among the rest came the soldier to whom the horn belonged and as soon as she saw him she winked to her maid who slipped slyly through the crowd and went into his tent where it hung and stole it away this done they both got safely back to the palace the besieging army went away the three wonderful gifts were all left in the hands of the princess and the three soldiers were penniless and forlorn as when little red jacket found them in the wood poor fellows they began to think what was now to be done comrades at last said the second soldier who had had the purse we had better part we cannot live together let each seek his bread as well as he can so he turned to the right and the other two went to the left for they said they would rather travel together the second soldier strayed on till he came to a wood which happened to be the same wood where they had met with so much good luck before and he walked on a long time till evening began to fall when he sat down tired beneath a tree and soon fell asleep morning dawned and he was greatly delighted on opening his eyes to see that the tree was laden with the most beautiful apples he was hungry enough so he soon plucked and ate the first one then a second then a third apple a strange feeling came over his nose when he put the apple to his mouth something was in the way he felt it it was his nose that grew and grew till it hung down to his breast it did not stop there still it grew and grew heavens thought he when will it have done growing and well might he ask for by this time it reached the ground as he sat on the grass and thus it kept creeping on till he could not bear its weight or raise himself up and it seemed as if it would never end for already it stretched its enormous length all through the wood over the hill and dale meantime his comrades were journeying on till on a sudden one of them stumbled against something what can that be said the other they looked and could think of nothing that it was like 
but a nose we will follow it and find its owner however said they so they traced it up till at last they found their poor comrade lying stretched along under the apple tree what was to be done they tried to carry him but in vain they caught an ass that was passing and raised him up on its back but it was soon tired of carrying such a load so they sat down in despair when before long came up their old acquaintance the dwarf with the red jacket well how now friend said he laughing well i must find a cure for you i see so he told them to gather a pear from another tree that grew close by and the nose would come right again no time was lost and the nose to the poor soldier's joy was soon brought to its proper size i will do something more for you still said the dwarf take some of those pears and apples with you whoever eats one of the apples will have its nose grow like yours just now but if you give him a pear all will come right again go to the princess and get her to eat some of your apples her nose will grow twenty times as long as yours did then look sharp and you will get what you want from her the friends thanked the dwarf very heartily for all his kindness and it was agreed that the poor soldier who had already tried the power of the apple should follow out the suggestion so he dressed himself up as a gardener's boy and went to the king's palace and said he had apples to sell so fine and so beautiful as were never seen be there before every one that saw them was delighted and wanted to taste but he said they were for the princess only and she should send her maid to buy his stock they were so ripe and rosy that she soon began eating and had not eaten above a dozen before she too began to wonder what ailed her nose for it grew and grew down to the ground out at the window over the garden and away nobody knows where then the king made known to all his kingdom that whoever would heal her of this dreadful disease should be richly rewarded many tried but the princess got no relief and now the old soldier dressed himself up very sprucely as a doctor and said he would cure her so he chopped up some of the apple and to punish her a little more gave her a dose saying he would call to-morrow and see her again the morrow came and of course instead of being better the nose had been growing on all night as before and the poor princess was in a dreadful fright so the doctor then chopped up a very little of the pear and gave her and said he was sure that would do good and he would call again the next day the next day came and the nose was to be sure a little smaller but yet it was bigger than when the doctor first began to meddle with it then he thought to himself i must frighten this cunning princess a little more before i shall get what i want from her so he gave her another dose of the apple and said he would call on the morrow 
The morrow came, and the nose was ten times as bad as before. "'My good lady,' said the doctor, "'something works against my medicine, and it is too strong for it, but I know by the force of my art what it is. You have stolen goods about you, I am sure, and if you do not give them back, I can do nothing for you.' but the princess denied very stoutly that she had anything of the kind very well said the doctor you may do as you please but i am sure i am right and you will die if you do not own it then he went to the king and told him how the matter stood daughter said he send back the cloak the purse and the horn that you stole from the right owners then she ordered her maid to fetch all three and gave them to the doctor and begged him to give them back to the soldiers and the moment he had them safe he gave her a whole pair to eat and the nose came right and as for the doctor he put on the cloak wished the king and all his court a good day and was soon with his two friends who lived from that time happily at home in their palace except when they took an airing to see the world in their coach with the three dapple gray horses end of chapter thirty six recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c